This is TDPS. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Are you sick of doing promos for my new books yet? That depends. Are we at the beach? Yes, we're at Sapphire Cove, the fictional Southern California resort featured in my new gay romance series coming in 2022. This is alarming. When did we go outside? You were transported by the powerful prose of C. Travis Rice. That's my new pen name devoted to steamy and emotional tales of romance between men. Yeah, no, that's not it. I was about to eat a sandwich in the studio, and now I'm being harassed by seagulls. Brandon, get rid of the seagulls, please. Oh, that's much better. Now I have to pee. First, pre-order your copy of Sapphire Sunset, the first installment in the Sapphire Cove series, which goes on sale March 1st, 2022, from Blue Box Press, when a new member of the resort security department falls hard for the nephew of the wealthy family that owns the place, sparks fly, and sexy scandal ensues at Sapphire Cove. Uh, Yeah, could you pre-order that for me? I'm going to run to the little podcaster's room. Brandon! Come get this seagull! I can't help it if my writing sets the scene. I know what I'm going to set if someone doesn't come get this seagull. Where'd you get that sandwich? Sapphire Sunset, the first book in the Sapphire Cove series from C. Travis Rice. Now available for pre-order. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. Why would I go to your website for that? Again, you're sitting right here. All right. Well, for people who aren't right here, ChristopherRiceBooks.com is a great place to get information about my new releases. Which you'll give me copies of because I'm sitting right here. Yeah, maybe. But for those who aren't currently sitting in our studio on the Sunset Strip, check out my website, sign up for my mailing list, and check out all the posts on my blog where I talk smack about Eric Shaw Quinn. What smack? Shut up and read this new book I wrote. Fuck that and fuck ChristopherRiceBooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. And Happy New Year. Happy 2023, Eric Shaw Quinn. Happy fucking New Year. It's a new year. We're back. We're back in the studio. We're back with an all new episode. No more special encore presentations, although we love doing those because the subject was my dearly departed mother. That was, I think, really like the perfect holiday celebration to spend time with somebody we're not getting to spend time with. Yeah. And that's part of what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to talk about new beginnings and new traditions and the new holiday traditions we spent building this season because this was really, I think, last year we were in such shock from the loss of her that we didn't even feel like we were kind of attending the holidays. We were just sort of sleepwalking. So this was our first holiday season where we didn't get in the car and go out to the desert. Last year, the holidays were kind of a benefit because... Though we were sleepwalking, we knew the things that there were things that we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like on on Christmas Eve, we will eat roast and right. give each other gifts. On Christmas Day, we will like there was a sense of that, and it kind of gave us some places to be without having to think about where we were supposed to be. But it was you're right; it, it was, was the just... Christmas of the Walking Dead. It was yeah. really we were not present for it. It wasn't bad for us to have the world go on pause because that's what we needed and what we wanted but oh yeah thank god that was happening we had recorded we were completely we did the we put together some pre-recorded scripted stuff because we couldn't even really talk yeah and it kind of took the month off and that was exactly what was needed so but we had gone out there to the desert with her for christmas I did you count for like twenty years? Twenty about twenty easily years. twenty yeah. years. Like right. I, it was, it's it was iffy because it started. I don't think we ever did Christmas in La Jolla. I don't know if you did Christmas in La Jolla. I think you came down and joined us for Thanksgiving. I did Thanksgiving in La Jolla. That was the big. Yeah. That was my sort of. I had met Anne before that, but Anne and I fell for each other at the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. We just. It was one of those perfect dinners where yeah that was the dinner where Anne said if i don't go she had to leave on book tour the next day anyway she was doing the book tour for christ the lord i think and she 
She said at a certain point during the dinner, well, I have to go get up and go to bed, or if I stay any longer, I will propose marriage to you. At which point, I whipped out some papers, and I said, Eric, I just need you to sign these real quick. Yeah. <laughs> he always says that. There's, this is a little prenup that's going to secure my inheritance here. <laughs> None of that happened. <laughs> None of that happened. None of that happened. It was just we all laughed. We had laughed. It was the three of us, really. I mean, it was just yeah. the, the chemistry... We found the chemistry that we carried on for all those years. Yeah. We laughed until we did this thing about um, recovery, man. I think you've had just about enough. Uh, right. But it was everything was just, it was this character that Christopher was playing <laughs> and had been promoting him as being this. It's no secret that I don't drink. I quit drinking many years ago. But somehow my mother went from that idea to I fight, <laughs> I fight substance like he was abuse. Like crusader. I fight substance abuse in the gay community. And I was like, yeah, mom. <laughs> and so Eric did this whole thing of, I think you've had quite enough. Whip. <laughs> Right, he was recovery man. Right. No, that's not a thing. Able to harsh a party in a single bound. Yeah. That's right. Everybody, no, none of I that happened. I love it when people drink around me. Often I don't tell them I don't drink because I want them drinking around me. Yeah, because they're fun like, and like yeah. having a great time. Like, Absolutely. why on earth would you harsh I, somebody I, else's I was buzz? not fun when I was drinking. So anyway, but we did- that You're was not that much fun now. That was the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning- and then I think you went home for... Anyway, if you're unfamiliar with my mother's timeline on the West Coast, I think this was around 2004, 2005, she moved to San Diego County. And then she decided that there wasn't enough sun in San Diego. And she headed for the desert where she was for the next... I, until she for the passed rest away. Of her life. For the rest of her life. She spent the last years of her life out in the Coachella Valley, Palm Desert, Rancho Mirage, all those communities. And that was our Christmas. Our Christmas was those mountains and the palm trees and the blue skies and the and those, no snow. And the windmills and... Oh, yeah. The casinos and... The, yeah. Uh, yeah Outlet was... malls and uh, California Pizza Kitchen. It was, and... yeah. It was so not what you think of when you think of Christmas, but it became our holiday. And so we had to build a new one, really, or we're in the process of building a yeah, new I'm, one. I'm, this is a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but before we get into all that, I have an exciting announcement. You do? Yes. We are finally going to do our Gay Pride giveaway from last year. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is like, I'm so excited. <laughs> we are the worst with giveaways. We are just the most terrible hosts ever. We say that we're going to... Did you ever give that away? Didn't no. we have a contest about... Yeah. We need an assistant. What was the contest? We, I'll get into the whole thing, but we need an assistant is what we need. A, pr a producer and an assistant. We have a wonderful sound engineer. Brand Brandon Griffith is our sound engineer and local heterosexual. You can see him on my TikTok. And he, can, he keeps up with so much stuff around here that there's no adding anything else to his... <laughs> No job list, but yeah, but. we are the most terrible. We are the producers of this show, and right. typically producers sort of see to logistics and keeping things going, and we do that to the extent <laughs> that we do that. But a lot of stuff, like things like that, come up, and we are just we come up with it as talent rather than as producers. It seems like a great idea that we never someone, tell the producer side of our brain that someone else should implement. That's usually, it's a great idea. We'll announce it. We'll talk about it. Somebody else needs to show up and make it happen, but we're going to make this happen. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> He's pointing at there, me. That we like have, I did something. I here. have excuses for why this took so long. So oh, here, that's he, great. I love excuses. Here was the giveaway. Okay. The giveaway was we did an episode. It's in our archive. It was June of last year, pride season where we talked about the movies and TV shows and books that, uh, had representations of gay characters in them that impacted us most positively when we were young. You were young in a different time than me. So, <laughs> so, so the, mine were mostly on clay tablets. My, yours was that, that love between two male pterodactyls, <laughs> that story that lit up the Pleistocene era or whatever, Pleistocene era. Um, so one of the titles, uh, was the movie Morris based on the E.M. Forrester novel, which I think we both picked. And we offered to give the giveaway is going to be we got a copy of each of the things that we loved or mentioned. And it was not the easiest thing to get DVDs or Blu-rays of Morris. Like I got the wrong. What's what's what eyes are rolling? What are you saying? Until I don't have, he called me on the phone and I was able to find it. 
that I don't think that's a cute story. Like I realize you as talent, that's the story you want to tell. But the producer in me is rebelling against <laughs> that narrative, even though that's what happened. Even though that's a, well, I ordered the wrong thing. It's so hard to order stuff on Amazon. You ordered something on the in a British format, in a European format, and it and took four months to arrive. Yeah. and I was like, because Jesus. it was coming from Budapest or somewhere. Uh, but I'll also say this: brothers and sisters. I think the old series, the Gregor Berlanti series with yeah. Sally Field, that was something we both picked because of the portrayal of the gay brother on that right those were not as easy to get either they took a long time like dvds are not as easy to get okay so that's my cover story but the point is we got them we got them it's finally here so at some point this week whenever when did we get them i'm not that's not i can't disclose that <laughs> per my contract per my agreement with tdps but months ago we managed to get them yes not six months ago or even last june nothing like that but like maybe november we got them and then i cleaned out my storage room around the holidays and was like oh fuck here they are it's time to do this giveaway six it's months them late again <laughs> why do i have brothers and sisters and morris and also the novels last of the wine by mary renault and like people in history by felice picano so everything that i liked was no longer available Is that's that that's really I think that's because I'm so old. Could not find that pterodactyl loving. Just couldn't find it anywhere online. That's really that's that's so unfair. So this is how this is going to work. If you're hearing this later, you won't give a shit about any of this because this is all because you already lost. Yeah. The takeaway is wow. These guys are shitty at giveaways. How did how did you win? How did the person get well, come to this receive? This is how a... it's going to. That part hasn't happened yet. We don't have winners yet. That's how far behind we wow, are. Wow, we really suck. We're terrible wow. at this part. <laughs> We're terrible. Um, not, not only do we not have any, but I didn't know that. So we have a post from June on our Facebook page on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page, which I'm going to have to scroll all the way back to. And people commented on that post. I can't remember. I think it was our Wednesday question. And by commenting, you entered yourself with a chance to win. So we're going to use a random number generator to pick two winners from the list of people who who commented, and they will be the winners. And most likely, they will not remember having said this or what the giveaway is or that they were eligible. Allegedly, this will happen because it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. And it'll probably be another three months to get them to respond because they might have had a major life change since then. Like they might not be using Facebook anymore. Or they might hate us and yeah. not want anything to do with us anymore. I'm not giving you my I'm address. You're, you. you people are insane. You are all promises and no giveaways. I don't know what what you're fucking talking Last about. Last year, you couldn't even manage to both watch the same episode of that, the same television that show. That was great. That was really, that was such a train wreck. That was great. My if favorite. You, if you haven't visited our train wreck episode, it's an, it's an installment of True Crime TV Club where Eric watched the wrong show and didn't realize it until I was five minutes into describing the one right, we were supposed to watch. it was kind of matching up, and then I was like, yeah, I don't remember that. And it was, what about so-and-so? And Christopher was like... Her what aunt father? Or, the yeah. father. You were like, his father seemed... And I was like, there was no father. There's, <laughs> his father's dead. <laughs> what's it happening? That isn't what's going yeah. on. I was like, well, didn't, didn't they... Weren't they in the kitchen? And they, no, like, that no, isn't what happened. Yeah, yeah, you were referring to the products on the shelves in the kitchen. as like, it looked so fake. It was such clearly such a Canadian production, and it was an American product. I was like, wait, there were no kitchen products? What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyway, we have a good time. We hope you do too. If you don't, surely we'll hear. Why from you. are you listening to this show? <laughs> like, fuck off. Like, we don't I, care. you know, no, I really do. I'm sorry if you're not, but like, I have to ask, what are you doing here if you're not enjoying this? Okay, so there is a theme for the month coming up that we're going to sort of start to tickle, if you will. A month to, theme. This is the month of Eric moving on. Eric has gotten a job with the Ice Capades, and he'll be leaving Los Angeles and Dinner Partners. As soon as I learn to skate. The podcast will now be me explaining airline route maps, which is something I'm obsessed with. Be the end of pretty much everything as we know it. So we hope you've enjoyed this and that you got your gay pride gifts before we crash and burn. <laughs> So we're calling it Take It While You Can Month because we're <laughs> fucked over. Get it while you can. Right. No, no. What we mean by Eric is moving on month is that Eric's getting, Eric's going to move soon. He's getting his own place. Well, soon is really a relative term. Yes, absolutely. I have, in fact, I've lived in the same spot for a really long time and I have, in fact, um, come to. <laughs> 
come into a larger spot, a new spot, but it's going to need some work. A lot of work. Found but... an old wreck. Um, no, it's not an old, old wreck, wreck, but it is it, it is definitely a fixer-upper. And so I've got all of that to do. And mm-hmm. then at a certain point, I will actually be, um, you know, allegedly. We'll see. It's the same producer's. Well, it'll when you do make the move finally, you will be out of a rental apartment for the first time in years. You won't be living on top of people anymore, and they won't be living right next door. You're going to have kind of your own space for the first time. You're going to have a space that you can renovate to be your own. You know, like you, you have been in the same apartment building for going on longer than 20 years, as long as I've known you. And we're really old. I mean, you're older, but we're old. And we've known each other a very long time. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, no, I've been in the... I've been in the same space, more or less. I lived in London for a year, mm-hmm. but before that, I lived in that building. And when I got back, I ended up moving back into the same building and lived there since the turn of the century. The turn of the 20th century, which is the new turn of the century. Right. Um, I have to say, like in general, this is something that you and I, as citizens of West Hollywood, have been dealing with, but it has become an issue kind of where you live, which is we we got to do something about the rights of people who don't smoke marijuana to not be intruded upon by constant marijuana smoke well, i think we have to come to understand that smoking is smoking right and that we need to regard smoking pot in the same way that we regard smoking cigarettes. It's fine and it's your choice. And I'm actually glad that it's legal and that we've stopped hassling people about something mm-hmm. so absurd. And I, you know, smoke. I, I wish you wouldn't smoke pot or anything else because it's bad for you. And they're the smoking and that part. Sort of thing. Right. The inhalation. But, but yeah. it's your choice. Right. But it's also my choice not to. And that's what we've kind of come to with tobacco. And I think that. We need to come to the same kind of understanding around marijuana, and we're going to have to accept that it's still smoking. Yes. And the the way this plays out for me, the way your experience plays out for me, is that we'll be having a phone conversation, which is pretty much all the time. All the time we're on the phone. And Eric will be going along and says, so I think the thing about the show is that it was could you please not blow pot smoke into my house? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. But all of a sudden... This wave of pot smoke will come into your apartment, usually I mean, from a neighbor, right? Yeah, I assume so. Like, I honestly don't know, but yeah. yeah, like it's the and it is the the the, the laws in West Hollywood have in fact changed yes. as of New Year's. Happy New Year! Um, yes. You can't smoke anything on your balcony or outside or in any common area at any building in West Hollywood anymore, unless unless you have a prescription for no. It. You still can't smoke outside. The okay. only thing yeah. you can do, you can't smoke cigarettes inside your apartment either anymore. Right. Right. But you can still smoke pot inside your apartment, but you have to do it inside your apartment. But that, you know, you're going to, you, other your neighbors can smell that too, you know? And I think that's the issue with yeah. the secondhand smoke thing. Secondhand smoke is secondhand smoke, period, full stop, end of sentence. Yeah. Like, I, and I just think we need to get to a place that understand that I don't fault anybody, but it's incredibly intrusive. And in that pot smoke is also mind altering as a sober person. It's also like mm-hmm. a violation. It's like right. rape. Yeah. I really think that that's like it's like every time I want a martini, I get to spit some into your mouth. Right. You know, yeah. like, no, gross. That's yeah. disgusting. But it's it is as disgusting as that. And it smells horrible. It smells horrible. And I just know and, and I try to be humble on this issue because I used to be a chain tobacco smoker. It was terrible. I was a terrible nicotine habit. It was murder to quit. It was yes. the hardest thing I've ever quit. Just Harder than not drinking hard. and some of the other stuff I've quit. Um it it um I was unaware or desensitized to how badly it smelled I while think... I was doing it. And when I, I mean not just like two to three days after quitting, I hugged a smoker, hello, uh-huh. and was like, Oh my god, that was what I smelled like for the past ten to fifteen years yeah. that I had been smoking. I couldn't believe it. So I'm worried that pot people who smoke pot on a regular I think basis. They have don't, no idea how bad idea. it smells and they smell. It is really it is really an egregious stench. Right. <laughs> 
I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors. And you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks are sold. At thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv, you can check out my Right Murder mystery series. Or sample my Burning Girl thrillers. The best part is, the more you buy our books, the less likely we'll end up filling the spot with an annoying ad for a napkin that counts your calories. The TDPS Network, alienating potential advertisers one promo at a time. Eric Shaw Quinn. Christopher Rice. The holiday season. There's one tradition that has endured, uh, that endured this year to great fanfare and splendiferousness. <laughs> the people who follow me on social media no doubt saw my videos of it. They saw your videos of it. It's very important. And it's called Greater Christmasville. Greater Christmasville. And has why? its own Facebook page. If you haven't signed up for the Greater Christmasville Facebook page, that's how you keep track of Greater Christmasville. But yeah, it is its actual, it's its own thing. And ha- let talk about what it is. I'm going to go take a break and wander around outside. <laughs> and um, talk about how it got its name. Aside from the fact that you're the local eccentric. It's, yeah, that's, you know, that's a given in pretty much all areas. But yeah, actually I went, it was back in the early part of when I wasn't doing Christmas with you and Anne. Um I went home for Christmas, and I can't say exactly when it was, um, but it hasn't been, it's surprisingly less time than you would think, given the scope of what Greater Christmasville has come to be. And my nephew was very fond of this little light-up Christmas house Mm. that mom had. He loved playing with it. Mm -hmm. And when I went to... I'm going to say the Lowe's or maybe it was the Home Depot. They had Christmas stuff and there were there were skaters. Mm. There were little magnetized skaters on a mirror skating around on what would be look like a frozen, like ice skaters mm-hmm. on a frozen pond. And I had the idea to give oh. my nephew Marcos. <laughs> a little, oh my little goodness. Little Christmas excitement knocked Not over your iPad. iPad. Sorry about I'm that. I'm going to take that moment to interject here. Some of the context for these early years, the development of Greater Christmasville was that Eric was determined to be the coolest, best uncle for his nephew Marcos that he could be. And there was only one other uncle in competition, but he was local. Right. So he had home team advantage. I had long distance uncling. Right. To be, so I had to do everything I could from a distance from remote because Uncle Dan was there and he could, you know, pick up bugs and stuff <laughs> and be super cool. That stuff that I wouldn't have done even if I had been there. Pick up bugs. Yeah, you know. Whatever. <laughs> it's just your, your group heterosexual boy stuff Touch description. Bugs. I Touch just, bugs and go yeah. outside. And, yeah. yeah, fish and things. I just, there yeah. was none of that was going to be stuff that I right. had on offer. So I had to do my best to be cool uncle from remote, distant, from great distances away. Anyway, so... I started looking for, that's how I started. I started Mm -hmm. looking for um, something that I could give him. And I eventually settled on these little, like the size of a building block houses um, that didn't light up. And I found a light up Christmas fair that had skaters in it and whatever, though I bought several other versions before before that. Lots of it was, I think almost all of it was bought on eBay. Um, Mm. Can't even remember the name of that line. But... I also discovered Hawthorne Christmas Village. And the nightmare began. From um, somebody named, uh, oh, what is his Thomas name? Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid, I think he the must artist, have been from yeah. Hawthorne, California, but somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he uh, is, a, is a, a, the, the painter of light. He He's made a, he made a success as an artist, but he crafted these all of these little sort of... Um, subscription-y village things that he sold. Mm-hmm. I think I think he was a very successful man during the course of his life. He started, his art was sort of the beginning place, but then he went on from there, and there was this, you know, it was this cute light-up house, and you ordered one, and then you, um, you know, they sent it, and you paid for two or three payments, and then you get another one. And so it started with that, but then... They sent me a notice, and there was a New York one 
and there was a mistletoe mountain village, mm. and there was mistletoe mountain. Yeah, that was where the skaters were, and NORAD. That was the, where the skaters were. Yes, and there was the NORAD one, <laughs> and NORAD, there, and there was the Bedford Falls one. And, oh, and yeah. that turned you into putty. So I ended up with like five different subscriptions, and the addiction began. And then there was a moment where you could just give them your um, credit card information, mm-hmm. um, and they would bill you, you know, automatically each month and you didn't have to write a check. And as soon as I did that, they took my credit information and sent me as many houses as they could fit mm-hmm. on my credit card yeah. without like, you know, until they literally pushed me over my limit. Yeah. I had to like take back over control of it. I'm still a member, but little by little whoa, it whoa, whoa, started. Well, uh, you're leaving out a detail here. You got, I think everything they made they ran they they didn't have any more to send you you had, you said i think i'm done with the thomas kincaid collection because i have everything they've ever made well i exhausted mistletoe mountain they don't even make anymore and the only thing i have left from that is the skaters i got christmas in new york uh-huh. that one's I've, I've exhausted that one bedford falls christmas um, last year, I found Mr. Potter's Bank on, I think, eBay, and so that was the end of that collection. Right. The, the Thomas Kincaid Hawthorne Village collection continues every so often, mm. very erratically, to send me another thing. Like, there was a point at which they sent me this bridge didn't light up. It didn't plug in. And it was like, thank you so much. It was like, please leave us alone. Please, please stop asking. <laughs> it's for their more suicide yeah. bridge. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're going to jump off this bridge if you right. don't. But so, but it has continued. Anyway, it started out as a Christmas village. But as you can see, as you can probably guess, and it's if you've seen any of the videos, it grew well past village status. And it was, mm-hmm. it was Christmas urban sprawl for a while. And then we hit on. Greater Christmasville. Greater Christmasville. Because it really did sort of, it was, the scope was no longer villagey. I have a Thomas Kincaid story. That old queen and I, no, I'm just kidding. I've never met Thomas Kincaid. I don't know if he's still with us, but I know. He has passed on. He has passed on. A couple years back, I was dining with the editor of Palm Springs Magazine at the time, and he had recently put together the art issue for the year. And he was very upset that the Thomas Kincaid Foundation or company had purchased an entire page as an advertisement to make it seem as if Thomas Kincaid's art had been featured, one of the featured artists, uh-huh. <laughs> Which to which I wanted to respond, what is the caliber of art in Palm Springs Magazine's art issue? Like, this is a city, I love Palm Springs, don't get me wrong, but this is a city where the most a significant public statue of late was Marilyn Monroe with her skirt 15 feet up. tall with her skirt blowing up. Like, let's not get huffy about Com- Thomas Kincaid. Like, I've seen the art in Palm Springs. It's like a giant plaster of Paris bow tie painted red. You know what I mean? Like, I, Thomas Kincaid isn't a bad artist. He's just no. very commercial. Very commercial. Very water mills, farmhouses covered in right. flowers. Lots of Victorian and villages and... and Snow covered, but he also does nonsense. I I ordered the um the stone ground mill for the for my summer collection. Right. I, so this was to bring it back to us. This was the first. Well, if we don't count last year, which we already said when we were in shock, um, this was the first time we actually spent a holiday in the presence of Greater Christmasville because you would knock yourself out putting this together, and then we, and would, we leave. would leave. Yeah. And we'd be gone until... It was almost absurd. I would do yeah. this, this incredible... I would knock myself out to decorate the house for Christmas, set up this elaborate village, and then we left town. Yeah. So it was lovely to be surrounded by it. Um, I have to say, my contribution to the holiday was probably going to be the choice of meal. Oh, my God. And I will say, Christopher really won, got all the points for... Christmas dinner, for Christmas Eve dinner. I'm going to tell the long version of the story because really, while you put together an entire miniature village, I placed an order on the internet and then picked it up in my car on Christmas Eve day. Um, so I'm going to have to make it sound more significant than it really was. But when I was a little boy in San Francisco, there was a restaurant called the House of Prime Rib. I don't know if it's still there. And when I would reach a certain height, when I would get to be five feet tall, or maybe it was four feet tall, I was a little kid at the time, 
um, my mother would say, we're going to celebrate by going to the house of prime rib. And it was old school. Like it had um, problematic, sexually exploitive uniforms for the middle-aged women who work there. You know, they all sort of were dressed like strawberry shortcake. With it was, it was weird. With a but, napkin pinned to their lapel, right. fanned out, and had their name tag in the middle. And of where it. they're from, you and know, a, and a little some sort of maid costume hat. Right. Yes, kind of thing. that's what it was yeah. like. I'm saying strawberry shortcake, but what I mean is French maid. Right. Um, they would wheel out the, you know, prime rib serving station, the giant silver dome that they would slide back. And then you would have the basics, which were cream spinach and Yorkshire pudding, which is unbelievably good. Just uh, an amazing thing. And then years later here in Los Angeles, I my friend took me to a place called Lowry's House of Prime Rib. And I don't know if they're owned by the same company or the same people, but it was really the same vibe. And so it was the- Who took you? Uh, my friend Dan- at the time, oh yeah, so you had been because we'd been to Lowry's. But yeah, you had been before that. I'm gonna say my memory of taking you to Lowry's is you were like when we actually went to the restaurant years ago. You were like, mm-hmm. like you were not blown away. So well, I was sort of ambivalent about ordering them for Christmas this year. Yeah, we, I think it was more about the lobster than it was about the oh you the had prime the rib. I think we had went oh. for surf and turf, and it was like eh, it was all right. Yeah, I went for Yorkshire pudding. But so yeah, clearly. So uh, they had a takeaway hot prime rib option for Christmas. But it included the fixings to make yes. Yorkshire pudding, which we were both like pretty skeptical. And, you know, it's hard to be skeptical about the thing you want the most, or it's easy. Actually, most people are skeptical about the thing they want the most. But it was like, we will give you instructions <laughs> for how to make it. And I was like, oh, this is not going to work. This is not going to But we happen. figured we would try it. And then yeah. when we failed, we would, you know, just eat this prime rib. The worst case scenario would be yeah. we had prime rib and mashed potatoes. If the worst case scenario is, and then we ate, you're good. Yeah, we're doing fine. Yeah. So, but Eric Shaw Quinn, with I all mean, of his magic. It, it happened, guys. We actually made Yorkshire pudding. They supplied us with the batter and they supplied us with reduced meat fat. Is that what it was? It was? Drippings. drippings. Yeah, whatever, meat drippings. I think that's what Yorkshire pudding is comprised of. It's about using the drippings that go with your roast. But it was, yeah, you painted the... Um, you took a, a muffin tin and you painted the muffin tin with the beef drippings. And, and then, then you heated them up, the muffin tin with the drippings in it. And then to the hot muffin tin, you add the batter they gave us and you put it back in and wait and poof it was so there was two heating periods you oh. had to heat up the i was there i should remember this but i was so nervous you brought the directions and you yeah. were part of it you yeah. helped time it and we were all we were in it together but yeah yeah i mean it actually happened and we were we could not have been more astounded yeah totally and it was there was a moment when we were eating dinner where i was just like I, i'm sorry that just doesn't it just isn't more perfect than this absolutely the meal was perfect yeah totally and we did our part i mean I, lowry's really did most of the work but we did our part and we are not getting paid to sponsor lowry's no although we would accept a check if, if they send if it they would us. like to send us but like we don't have any sponsorships at the current time we, wow. we are our own ads as you can hear wow but yeah it was fantastic and i buy our books right buy our books buy our books buy our books um they were also really set up to do it. This was not their first year. They had a place you could pull in. They had ample parking. They had I think scheduled Lowry's it all correctly. Longer than both of us. Absolutely. The chef would come out and talk to people who had questions. A woman did accuse me falsely of cutting in line, Bitch. and and I took care of her. And no, it was fine. She was, but it was like, yeah, I'm not cutting in line anyway. Hey, I'm so hyper conscious about cutting in line that when someone accuses me of doing it, I just get red in the face and whatever. But otherwise, she didn't ruin Christmas. I'm not giving her that power. He tried, but, <laughs> he tried, but I Eric, was still there. So. <laughs> Eric didn't want to hear. You weren't there. You didn't go to pick it up with me. No, you were but I was at Christmas. Yeah, you were at Christmas. Here's the big takeaway, the sort of emotional, psychological. The takeaway, takeaway. Like, yes, it was sad. It was sad not to be doing our usual Christmas tradition. There were things that made me cry. It, but there was a moment where, because there were no family obligations about it, uh, my mother's sister who used to live with her has gone back to Texas, which is great. And we had an invitation to go there, and it was lovely, but it didn't feel right for us. And and as you pointed out, I think one of the weirdest things about losing your Christmas tradition because you've lost someone you love is trying to shoehorn yourself into somebody else's Which was also too thing. weird. We were invited, friends invited, and it's just like... That would have been even weirder. But what we, what I got the opportunity to do, and I won't speak for you, Eric, is I got to be like, 
well, together we did this. It was like, what is the Christmas we want to have? Not the one that we think we should have, not the one that we think would look good on the commercial, not the one that other people might pressure us into having. It was really just the two of us, so we didn't have to negotiate a lot of other people's needs. And the holiday for me became a time to take care of myself. Like I made a joke earlier about organizing my storage room, but the slowdown of the world, which was usually about a frenzy to pack and get together and get all the gifts together for all the relatives I was going to immediately see, um, became a time for me to just sort of pause and take a deep breath and get my organize a room that had been a mess since the pandemic lockdowns, right. you know, like just, and I'd never, not sure I'd ever had a Christmas quite like that before. And honestly, again, still sad, but, but that part of it was restorative. Yeah. It was, it was a holiday yeah. many, 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 many years ago, back in the 1850s, when I first moved to Los Angeles, it was, I was on the tuna and ramen diet plan. So it was big travel to the East Coast for Christmas was not really an option. And it was my first Christmas not going home for the holidays. And I was very, I had mixed feelings about it. I was pretty emotional. I'd never done that before. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite know what to make of it. And I was talking to my mom about about it. And she said to me, I've always, it's always stood out for me. She said to me, there comes a point in your life where you realize you already are home mm. for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who are you and what have you done with my mother? Right. Um, but it was really, that was really an insight that was, that I've never quite forgotten. Like it was a big change for me this year, but not the same for you because Mm -hmm. Anne was a dear friend, but she wasn't my mom. It wasn't going home for Christmas. Yeah. It was a tradition that I had built um, out here. But yeah, that that moment of realizing that, and it was my, I have to say that first Christmas, I was really on my own. It was just me and Los Angeles. And it was the the peace and quiet of it, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the serenity of it without... Nothing against family or anything else, but without any of those trappings, without any of the traditional trappings, really was a striking way to celebrate the peace of the holiday. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'd like to take a moment to congratulate my co-host and producing partner, Christopher Rice. He's got not one, but four new books coming out in 2022. But today, I'd like to tell you about one in particular, a standalone thriller called Decimate. It's the terrifying story of what happens to our kitchen here at the studio um, when I ask Christopher to make the tea. Yeah, no. When I said improvise the promo, I didn't say you could make shit up. I am not making this up. Look at that kitchen. Okay. Hi, party people. Decimate is actually a thriller about telekinesis and near-death experiences. The page-turning tale of a woman who becomes convinced her brother is being held hostage by a supernatural force following his death in a fiery plane crash. It has nothing to do with tea or our kitchen, and you can pre-order it on Amazon now. And while it is spine-tingling and terrifying, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to have to order off of Amazon to clean up that kitchen. Will you shut up about tea and our kitchen? Oh, I never shut up about tea. So before the holiday, we reached out to our party people by way of a Wednesday question, which is something we do every we week. Do all the time. We're always harassing you about that. And we appreciate your participation because sometimes this happens. But yes, we need an episode and we need an interactive episode. So we asked people how they were going to spend their Christmas. And I think some people answered after Christmas. Okay, I'm going to say... We want to include you in the episode, as opposed to we need an episode. And we... 
I think that seemed a little colder than, than perhaps we intended. We need it because we crave you, because no, we crave our party people. It wouldn't be much of a show if nobody was listening to I it. would just be talking about airline route maps the right. whole time. Yes, it, 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 that, it could devolve into that at any moment. So yeah. we need your input. We Absolutely. need the party people. It's not a party without the guests. Okay, so the best part about this thread, the thing that I enjoyed the most, they're all great, but um, Vanessa Gillette responded with a picture of her family, and I think she responded with a comment below that that saying, I'm so sorry it's so cold there in the United States, uh, but here we all are. And I'm, I'm dying to know where they are. Where are you, Vanessa? I think you're in Australia. That's my guess. Because Oh, not too cold in Queensland. Mystery solved. There it is. That's New Zealand, isn't it? No, I think that's, isn't that one of the states? We have in... insulted the Oceanic, Pacific Oceanic community. I think that's Everyone one of the here. states in um, in Australia. In Australia. It? Okay, I'm sure Vanessa can answer you morons who don't aren't aware of anything that's south of the equator. Um, you northernists. Uh, Brisbane. We, we have a lot of interactive uh, party people down in that part of the world. We have... It, it really... I've always been really impressed with us for that. The um, Yeah, our um, listening base in that part of the world. Brisbane is there. Sydney is in New South Wales, but north of New South Wales is Queensland. That's great. Which is where Brisbane is. Okay, so mystery and solved. Mis- fake made-up mystery that, solved. We are so happy. And I, this looks like a Palm Springs Christmas that they're enjoying. They're all in short sleeves. They all look very happy. Um, and I saw an episode of Miss Fisher's Mysteries. Hold on a second. The dog doesn't look so happy. The dog wants to be put down, is being held up in somebody's arms, and so clearly not, wants to be on the ground. He wants to be back on the ground. He just wants to be put down. I don't know. The dog does not want to it's not a suicidal dog. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I did not mean to apply something false about the dog's mental state. Um, the do- I just didn't want to erase the dog's voice from our podcast. <laughs> that's really, uh, that's that means so much to me, as you know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What were you saying, Eric? They, that, they did an episode of Miss Fisher's Mysteries, which takes place in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if this is true, but in the show, they said that people um, in Australia actually do Christmas in July so that they could celebrate it during a winter month. Right. I watched that episode with you. It's yeah. kind of a, I don't know what, I don't know how much of a tradition that is, but I was quite taken with that notion. We do Christmas in July as kind of a joke here, but yeah, um, because, you know, we need a little Christmas right this very minute sometimes, but apparently it's more of a tradition there, or at least that was the way it was presented. I don't actually know. So I'd be interested in hearing about that from our Australian listeners as well. We're just going to do a Let's Talk to Australia episode. Talking to Australia. Australia. Christmas in Australia. We could do Australian Christmas in July this year. Christmas in July, absolutely. This is the thing that the producers would write down, and then we remember we will never remember that we said that. But i got to say something. We're not the only podcasters to do this. I realize that doesn't make something right, but I was listening to Faded Mates, which is an amazing romance podcast i was a guest recently sarah mclean does it and she made a joke about going back to find some find out whether or not they had talked about some book they wanted to talk about and she was ending up rifling through all the promises they had made all the giveaways all the episodes they were gonna do because if nobody's writing it down um brad shreve one of our beloved party people also a podcaster himself yes indeed I'll let you know, Brad. I'll let you know. This was the second Christmas since my father-in-law died. And last year, his death, same situation as us. Last year, his death was so new, the family was more numb than distraught. This year, we had good laughs talking about him, and sometimes you could catch someone sitting alone, staring into the tree, clearly thinking about him, always with a smile on their face. On top of that, my, oh, my sister, oh, I'm sorry, I thought he said my sister-in-law died. On top of that, my sister-in-law, whose superpower is to make any family gathering drama-filled, was on her best behavior Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. (laughs) Didn't go. Hope she doesn't listen to the podcast or read Facebook. Uh Uh-huh. December 26th was a different story, but at least we made it through the big day. All right, a twist at the end. I love a twist at the end. A twist. Um... William Matson is one of our most devoted. I think he's been with us since the dinner party show. Absolutely. And I forget that he lives in the woods, but every now and then one of his comments reminds me of his living situation. He's not he's not homeless. He's got a house, I think, a cabin in the woods. <laughs> so not really. Yeah. Just in a more rural setting. He doesn't actually live in the woods. He doesn't live in the woods. Well, the house is in the woods. But um 
he said when he was writing this, they were having Los a- Angeles is in the woods. <laughs> just you know what? Just yeah, wild man. All right, Jacques Cousteau, nature man. We we are having our Christmas dinner tomorrow. Is when he wrote this. It was zero degrees with negative twenty four wind chill. Holy shit! A pipe in our heated pump house burst, and we just restored water to everywhere today. No biggie. That is life deep in the woods. That was life for a lot of people this Christmas. It was cold everywhere except here. Like we were 54 and acting like we were having all having an freezing. existential crisis. It was freezing. What are we going to do? Should we bring right. the pets? Oh my god, it's plunged into the 50s. <laughs> but your your plants did. We actually had some cold. We got down to we never got to freezing, but we got into the 30s here. It killed my plants on the balcony. That has yeah. never happened before. Not all of them, but and then Christmas Day was 80 degrees. Yeah. It was like, boom, out of it just shot through the roof. And I think we had a Santa Ana blowing. Completely pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, Eric likes a traditional Christmas. I like for it to be called at Christmas. Yeah. Rob Casey had a lot to say. He says, we host a lot of family on Christmas Eve. Our house was literally full this year. Our nieces and nephews are all getting old, and many have kids of their own. Some have started their own Christmas Eve traditions as well. We've been hosting Christmas Eve since 2007 when we picked up the tradition from my husband's grandmother. We lost her in 2014, but keep her memory alive with our yearly gathering. We have a little white ceramic lit tree she gave us that makes us think of her. We have a quiet Christmas uh-huh. day just with my dad. Then we had our friend's Christmas yesterday evening. This is, Rob had a very busy calendar. I'm. This is great, Rob. And then New Year's is always at our one friend's house. I bet that's a fun friend. I bet that's an adults-only gathering. That's the party friend. (laughs) That's no kids. My mom has a collection of ceramic light-up Christmas trees that I got down and put all together one year, and I think she still gets them out. I don't know. My sister would do it. I guess mom's a little old for that now, climbing the attic stairs. Um, I, uh, of course, collapsed the picture, but Rob posted a picture of the ceramic tree in question. It's lovely. There are no white ceramic trees in Greater Christmasville, are there? No, there aren't. There, I the the only trees I got some little sisal trees um, during the pandemic to kind of fill in the snow because there was no tree. Like the only tree in Greater Christmasville is actually the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas tree that was. It was a much bigger Christmas tree this year. Oh, my God. It was quite the Christmas tree. It was the first time I've ever bought a Christmas tree sight unseen online and had it delivered. And it was a beast. It was a big, beautiful tree. Died a little fast for me, but wow. And it was from a, it was from a lot called Mr. Jingles, which was the name of that terrifying clown from that that season of American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Uh, Carnival or oh, Funhouse or just horrifying. I, I don't it was know. Just the most. So yeah, you would say, "Oh, I'm ordering from Mr. Jingles," and I would go Google it, and that clown would right. come up. Yeah, terrifying. But they did a really good job. They picked out a gorgeous tree. I used that additive. They gave me that additive, and the tree died really fast this meth. year. So I'm never using that additive again. Meth. Yeah, I used it's Christmas tree meth. meth. It's different. It's for trees. How do you know when it's dead? Oh, you know. How do you, but talk talk me through the process. I the branches to... come in all perky and okay. erect. He's doing an airplane motion. And then <laughs> the airplane has lost its and wings. And then they go uh, flaccid <laughs> and they hang down. Actually, they become rigid and hang straight down. And all of the um, Christmas decorations start to slide off of the branches. And so is it like every few minutes you hear. <laughs> Because something else fell to the floor. I, you know, every now and again that does happen. But yeah, it's sort of like they look like the trees in Whoville. Yeah. The okay. Dead, when they're yes, dead. Yes. Yes. Okay. It took me a minute. All right. Rhonda Reeves is. Um, <laughs> that's enough of you. That's enough time. of you. We already talked about you. We got to get back to our party people. Rhonda Reeves always comments on our Facebook page with a lot of emoji, and it's fun. But I'm not sure my reading of her lovely comments conveys the the fun you'll have checking it out on fit, our Facebook page. Post the sale and a final move from my childhood second home, house emoji, and ridiculous winter blast, I am enjoying the holidays with the rest and reflecting. She's snuggling on the sofa, so I think that's a sofa emoji. Snuggling on the sofa sounds divine with our weather. 
every snowflake emoji available to users of emoji. Yes. I plan to dress up in my sequins on New Year's Eve and decorate a lovely table at my other Texas home, as is my annual tradition. Rhonda Reeves is apparently a real estate mogul in the state of Texas. She has just transactions all over the place and oh, new houses. Cool. I don't know what's going on. It's very exciting. She's Good for you, Rhonda. I hope one of them is South Fork. Um that would be so exciting. That's going to be the other. That's my other podcast. I'm just going to sing T old TV theme songs to da 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 da. It'll be popular. It'll be popular on TikTok because the shit that's popular on TikTok. I just don't understand. Yeah. I'm just too old. I just I think too I am old too. to understand TikTok. I just, every time I open it, it's somebody yelling at me. Like, I finally found something I liked on TikTok, and it was a woman redoing her kitchen. Yes, like, of course. I don't think that's the spirit of TikTok. But, but whoa, 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 let me, let me stop you. It's just people wiggling but to popular music. I just don't no, understand why she, you'd watch that. Here's the thing that I'm struggling with, Okay. TikTok gives you the least amount of control over what you're going to see. If you're on this, what's called the For You page, so you have two feeds, following and For You page. If you're in that For You page, I don't know why I'm seeing this. It always feels very judgmental. It's like the shows that they think you should watch because you, you watch maybe one or two trashy, stupid shows. And now they're like, <laughs> for people who like that trashy show, you might like Boy Waiters in the Caribbean, you know? And it's like, no, stop recommending this to me. people who bought Bath and Nats and Formula, you might be interested in a chainsaw. A chainsaw, an actual story of an Amazon recommendation for somebody. Yeah. So I'm always thinking, like, if you went on TikTok and, and liked, like, 300 renovation videos your for you page might catch up and adapt but it's most oh, i saw one and it completely revamped yeah. everything became a renovation video because they're they're monitoring what you stop swiping on they're monitoring how long your eyes stay on something because you know like it keeps going and if you stop it yeah, then you've given it information. That's not alarming at all. No, the, the, gov it, the federal yeah. government is totally overreacting. Yeah, totally overreacting. Yeah, absolutely, totally. All right, back to our lovely party people. Michelle Schweitzer said she just hung out with family and played games. New Year's will be much the same with some reading, movie watching, and listening to my favorite podcast to fill the downtime. I hope we're I hope we're her favorite podcast. Maybe she's talking about my favorite murder or something on Wondery. Wondering. Um, we didn't talk about New Year's, but we also celebrated New Year's. What did we watch on New Year's? We watched a movie. We watched. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you take a little break? There? I was looking. I was seeing if I could find the Facebook page with the comments. Um, I'm sorry. So you I don't trust along. me. You don't that you think I'm leaving out. I wanted to see the picture of the ceramic Christmas tree. <laughs> Okay, I just like because you didn't show it to me. Yeah. Um, well, I fucked up my my page. I'm a okay, computer. Okay, that's fine. It's two old guys use computers. Anyway, go ahead. I don't remember what I was even going <laughs> to say anymore. What did we watch on New Year's Eve? Oh, um, we watched. We tried to watch two different versions of Ocean oh, Eleven. Oh God! And now we're really excited that um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are going to do a third remake of it because it's time. Oh my God! I couldn't like t what fifteen minutes into the original the, was the original like, one what? was like it was no fun at all. It was the no. most humorless, unhappy. It was a very different story than the one, the George Clooney one, which was fun and really cool 25 years ago when they did it. And now it just seems a little dated. And so, yeah, we stopped on that one too. It's a lot of guys talking in rooms about stuff. Like we're cool. We're cool guys. We're going to talk about this. I don't like movies about thieves for the most part. I realize you're saying in the, in the, more contemporary one with George Clooney. They set up the casino owner to be a terrible guy and you don't care if he's robbed, but like... And I'd be willing to bet they did it the same thing in the... Um, in the... Uh, the original, the original one, one, but one, but narratively, the original one was just all over the place. I was like, I, I can't keep track of who these characters are. The original are. one seemed to be about um, veterans who had returned from World War II and were not being able to mm. find a place in society and had fallen into a life of crime as a way to employ some of the skills that they'd gotten, I but see. also to make a place for themselves in a society that was not offering them a place. It was a, it was an interesting sort of take, but it, but you can see how serious that is. We were like, Oh yeah, this is not the lighthearted, um, 
New Year's Eve romp that we were looking for. So we switched to right. Brad and, 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 and George, and they were funny. Brad and George are really funny together. They should do more stuff together. And Julia and George are funny together. But for the most part, it was just a lot of blah, blah, blah. Um, and let me just say, we picked this because technically it's a New Year's movie because the heist yeah. takes place on New, on New Year's Eve. Year's. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If if I I can watch Matt Damon w- walk in circles in a room in a hazmat suit. Which is kind of what he did, except and, without the hazmat suit. But I couldn't. I couldn't stay connected. It was it was just too, at, at yeah. a certain point he just said, "Well, I'm going home now." <laughs> yeah, we had done the countdown. We had toasted. We, we had, ate. We ate leftover prime. We rib. ate leftover prime rib. We were. Do we have leftover? No, we, we didn't. We had Chinese food. Oh, that's right. We had the meal was great. We had Chinese food. We had, well, yeah, we had sushi. We had sort of, we had it was sushi. a crossover. We didn't have Chinese food. Well, yeah. we did. We had Chinese food too because we had like yeah. broccoli beef and yeah. and uh, we also had Korean food. We had bar- Korean barbecue and we had sashimi and we had so it was kind of all over the place. I had a Cajun grilled salmon. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of different. It was the United Nations yes. New Year's Eve festival. Thanks to Wakano, a lovely eatery here in Los right, Angeles, which also hasn't made up its mind. Pan Asian cuisine, I think, is very, the term. Pan Asian, yes. yes, that's what. We uh, um, so welcome. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the what we ate over the last few weeks episode of the podcast. That was kind of as much as we got to. So we, it's a work in progress. We need to build more traditions, but we've. Definitely, but the Yorkshire pudding is in. Okay, so uh, yes, it is. But we have some things coming up that I want to talk about. We have the one of our biggest announcements ever. Yeah, and we can't we can't talk about it yet. Um, but it is uh, regarding the Kate, the murder of Billy Newton, which we have done many episodes about. I think over 10 episodes in our archive devoted to Billy. And I, I think the list I have here is maybe not entirely complete because just a few weeks ago, Detective John Lamberti, who was the LAPD detective who has inherited the case 30 years after the murder, 31, 32 right. now, yeah. uh, was back. Um, episode 48, episode 34, episode 44, um, episode 69... Episode 37. I don't know why these are not in order. I was going to say the most random listing of. (laughs) It started with the idea after the Michelle McNamara, I'll be gone in the dark. Right. Yes. That 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 amazing sort of interaction of a podcaster actually taking part in. And we just in a sort of mental exercise, what cases are we obsessed with? Christopher brought up the Billy Newton case because it had happened here Mm -hmm. um, in well, in Hollywood, but really in the neighborhood, and he was living in the neighborhood. So, yeah. Um, and it was unsolved, and it, it really is. His remains were found, or some of his remains, Dismembered his head remains, and his feet yes. were found in a dumpster in Hollywood the day after he was last seen. And it was really sort of this it, it, tragic, and and it's been ongoing, and there's never been never been an arrest, never been a lead, never been anything significant announced, and 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 for for many years, because Billy was a young gay adult video performer, that community sort of kept the torch alive, and there were journalists and for adult video publications, and his father, and his father, yeah, his father. But we discovered right around the time we did that first episode that his father had passed away. And that really lit a fire on. Uh, we made it our agenda to get people to talk about and pay attention to this case so that it wouldn't be forgotten. And, and from there. Sort of happened. Somebody had actually seen him the last night and had. Yes. Had, had um, something to, to tell the story. Us. Yeah. Additions and to we the story. talked with him and we talked about it on the show. And it also happened at exactly the same time. Um, a, a local filmmaker was looking at it, mm-hmm. talking to a local um, journalist about yes. it, and uh, Detective Lamberti was looking at it in terms of the cold case, and he Googled it mm-hmm. to see if the you know just to sort of see what was out there, and our podcast came up, right? And he listened and he heard our new information about yes. the person who'd seen him that night, right? And he reached out to us, which we were absolutely astonished. And we became a part of, not the investigation, but more a part of what was happening the conversation the than yeah. we ever would right. have just sitting here talking to each other about right. it. And it has progressed from there. So the 
all of those different episodes Christopher was talking about were the slow, the, the ongoing progression of our involvement with and communication about the case. The the episodes all in the title have the murder of William Newton, and then it'll be colon and a subheading thirty years later and all that sort of stuff. So if you, if you do a, I think a Google search for Christopher and Eric, and then the murder of William Newton in quotes, you'll get direct links to those episodes. Um, and you'll follow our sort of journey with it. And our journey has arrived at a place of we're, we're stunned. We got an update and oh, we're stunned. My God! But we cannot talk about it yet. But, we were allowed to say that we have yeah. gotten a stunning uh, update. That's all yeah. we can say. We will let you know. When we can say more, but at this point, yeah, we got an update that just blew us out of the blew water. us out of the water. All right, so that's our huge like. We'll see where that's going in the new year. So yeah. um, that's coming. We're not sure when on that, so we'll keep you posted. Stay tuned on the updates on Billy Newton. There's, I don't know where we're. What's up with the, the month? It's the moving. I'm moving out month. Moving out Billy... month. Moving out month. We moving on month. Move, it's it's been a rough patch for Jordan Ampersand recently, but we found a way to maybe work him into recently? this month. Yeah, you know, it's been. I've been talking to him, but I'm actually working with him on a segment that he is putting together. He's gone out into the field. It's a big deal. He's interviewing various types of gay couples about their living situations because this is the month of Eric moving on. That's our that's our tentative title. Eric moving on month. From moving on month. Yeah, moving okay. on month. And so he's going to bring in this sort of like survey of, you know, how different couples live together and cohabitate and and what. You, don't be so suspicious. It'll be fine. He's going to be. I think three weeks. He's going to come in. You know, and we're going to talk about that. It'll be good. And I'm working with him on it, and it's going to be fine. You know, he and I have never really, like, you I know, know. You've totally dumped him on me. Right. Well, you know. It's, all these years. You know, he and I have history, and it, sometimes it gets a little awkward. But we've put all that behind us, and um, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Don't make that face. Oh, well, if it doesn't involve me, it's already fine. Okay, great. That's good. But next week... Uh, we're returning with True Crime TV Club, our Yay! first of the new year. And in keeping with the theme of the month, we're doing an episode of a Netflix series called Worst Roommate Ever. The episode is entitled Call Me Grandma. Oh, now the living situation thing makes more yes, sense. The I worst thought, roommate ever. Okay. Not, well, why? <laughs> I thought it wasn't my pitch. This plum is too ripe. Yes. The the gay relationship story. Yes. Um, So not a requirement of True Crime TV Club that you watch ahead. We're going to serve up the episode for you in such steaming detail. You will feel like you suffered through it yourself, but you didn't have to. You spent the time with us instead and we're amazing. Um, Even if you do have to go to victims counseling afterwards. Until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Thanks. This is TDPS.